is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolve Studios in LA and KZSB AM 1290 and FM 96.9 Santa Barbara or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood in Fleetwood's on Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. Uh, so good to be here today, Dr. D. How you doing? I am doing fantastic. Just really excited about today's program. So excited. And, and God, everything that just happened behind the scenes before the show started, just show you that, that old saying, uh, the show must go on. Yes, and, it does. And uh, we just made it go on. Yeah, here absolutely. we are. We've got some really two very special guests with us today uh, to talk about an exciting show on Friday, uh, April 22nd, the Uncabber A Beth Lapides is the creator and the host of Uncabaret. It's the revolutionary show at the heart of alt comedy movement. She's the author of recorded books, critically acclaimed, original audio book, So You Need to Decide. And throughout the show, we are actually playing excerpts from the uh, just the star-studded uh, guests that she has in this audiobook. It's really a great book. And we're playing that throughout the show today. She also holds workshops. And I wanna I wanna find out how I get into one of those workshops and a little bit more about those. So we'll find out on the show today. Uh they are always a hotbed of creativity. You've probably seen her Dr. D uh as I have on Comedy Central. She's been on CNN, NPR, and at a regular spot on HBO's Sex and the City. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you got that one, huh? That's the one you want? <laughs> 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 uh, I like Dr. Miranda. Yeah, but I was going to say, are you a Miranda? <laughs> I, I love redheads. And, of course, our guest is uh, um, uh, adorned with red, red hair there. I mean, it's really red. Is that the Irish boy in you, Doctor? That B, is that, that is it right there. Heads? And I'm sorry, but I take offense when they make references to the redheaded stepchild. I uh, I like redheads. What can I tell you? <laughs> well, good thing there's a uh, a screen and a, and a few hundred miles in between us, right? Probably now, so. a good I think. Good I, don't, thing. I don't want you to get in trouble here. I get in trouble. And, yeah. Uh, our second very special guest joining <laughs> us, uh, and if you're watching the YouTube interview, Mitch Kaplan. He's an award-winning singer. He's a songwriter and a pianist. He's worked uh, as a producer. And in fact, the music that you will hear at our commercial breaks is from Mitch Kaplan, our guest. He's a musical director with such iconic luminaries as Sandra Bernhardt, Anna uh, Gasteyer, and Katie Huffman. He's the musical director and an arranger for O L'Amour, the authorized erasure musical. His songs have been recorded by artists such as Shaka Khan, Thelma Houston, Sister Sledge, and Martika. Mitch is also the musical director and the co-producer of Uncabaret. I like this saying that you guys uh, came up with here. That you, Mitch and Beth begin working together on music for 100% happy 88% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mitch is also a, a bit of a TV man himself, a star. He, uh, he's been on TV shows such as Will and Grace, Roseanne, The Tonight Show, The Sandra Bernhard Experience on A&E, and I'm still here, damn it, on HBO and Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say around here. I'm still here, damn right. <laughs> Well, you guys are here to talk about a lot of things. The new book uh, by Beth and the Uncabaret show tomorrow night. Um, let's tell them a little bit. Let me just tell them a little bit about Uncabaret, and then you're going to fill in all the blanks here. And Sure. Thanks for that nice intro, by the way. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad that we got an intro in here. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, it was not looking too good for a little bit there. We, uh, we had some technical difficulties here at the studio, but we're here now and so happy to have both of you on the show. 
We've been waiting a long time to get you on the show and get to the scheduling right. You guys are both so busy in the industry and, and producing so much great work out there. Thank um, you that I think is so necessary right now, not only the beautiful music, but the comedy and the storytelling. So Uncabaret is, uh, what is all, it's uh, one of the, one of the uh, ways to describe the show is that it's an original or originator of alt comedy. What is alt comedy? That's such a good question. Um, you know, alt comedy can mean many different things, but generally it means something that you don't find in a comedy club. Um, though not always. There are some now alt comedy. It can be more storytelling. It can be sort of alternative points of view. Uh, for us, what it means, I, can't, I don't pretend to speak for all of alt comedy, but um, for uh, uncabaret, what it means is the un came from unhomophobic, unxenophobic, unmisogynist, unhacky. So it had to do with different points of view and also not in that comedy club rhythm that mm -hmm. rhythm when we started in the very late 80s one-liners one-liners but also the rhythm of you know but a bump bump you know you would go right. into a comedy club and you'd just be sort of battered by that rhythm and sometimes it wasn't that it was one-liners but it was a very one-dimensional you couldn't do much in by before you got to a laugh so the setups were very narrow i'm single i'm black i'm jewish I'm, well you know i'm redhead um and then bleh, so this is more storytelling and it's a more idiosyncratic, I would more say. More personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for people's personal stories and people's personal rhythms. And um, and, and that, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, I could say more, but that's the nutshell version. And, where, and how did that come to you? How did you arrive at this idea to, to create this movement now that you, you know, for over 25 years, the Uncabaret has been just this yes. movement. Uh, well, I was, so many great... Thank you. Um, I was working in comedy clubs and frustrated because of what I just described mm -hmm. and an environment where you were also, everybody was doing these tight tens so that they could get their sitcom, you know, so they could make, that was it, basically. You do stand up to get the sitcom. Right. And, and what, what era was yeah. that? What, what, what decade was this? Was it 90s? It you know I, it was also a bad environment I was one night at the comedy store following Andrew Dice Clay and he's doing his women hating material and he's killing and I'm hating him and I'm hating the audience for laughing at him and I'm hating myself for hating because I don't do well with hate and shouldn't we come from love and you know but I didn't have the wherewithal to sort of convert that on stage so I just left thinking there's got to be a better way but I did not know what that better way was and I didn't necessarily think that I should provide that better way. I just thought there should be a better way. Um, but then I was doing a one-person show at um, a small alt, ver you know, alt venue called the Women's Building, and they were laughing a little. I knew how funny it was, and they thought it was funnier. And afterwards, in the meet and greet, I was like, mm, "What was the last time you laughed? It wasn't quite as funny as you thought." They're, oh, we don't laugh. We're women, and we're artists, and we're lesbians. And if we go to comedy clubs, <laughs> they just make fun of us. And I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna. I'm a, I headed out to tour." When I get back, I'm going to make you a show. It's going to be unhomophobic, unxenophobic, unmisogynist. It'll be uncabaret. I do not know where it came from. It was like a download. It was an assignment from the universe. I didn't even, I wasn't a cabaret girl. I, you know, I had seen the movie Cabaret with my boyfriend and his boyfriend. It was an immersive experience. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I do not know. But, you know, but I did, I, I did book the show and it worked somehow even though we didn't know what it was it was very experimental at the beginning and we did it there until they lost their funding I moved it to another uh, performance space and I reconfigured it a little bit and then finally moved it to Luna Park in West Hollywood then when that club opened up right on Robertson and uh, Mitch and I share history with that building which we can get into later but um, you know and it really I think of it as sort of insemination and gestation and birth there were like three so when people go how long has it been going it's like is it the first show is it when we really landed and figured out what right. it was is it that it's con you know because it took me a while to figure out like oh it's really in the now and it's really point of view and it's really conversational these are things i really wanted it to be that that took a little bit at first it was just like i don't know whatever you can't do in the clubs and then over the course of this development which people really misunderstand the way we create things like it's just born full you know it's no it takes a while to understand mm -hmm. and with anything performing i mean you you know we'll it talk evolves. more about it. 
Yeah, we'll it evolves. Talk, we'll talk about Mitch and Ola Moore and everything, but you know, the process of building a show, a musical, anything like that, it takes a minute. So anyway, that's what it is now, and that's what it's been for a very long time. Well, it's really great. And I and thank you so much for starting off the, uh, talking about them, Cabaret, and we're going to get back to that. I thought I'd, I'd like to go, if we, you don't mind, uh, first to, in this first segment, to your, to your book. Sure. Um, so your new audio book, that again, if the you know for the listener here, we will be playing excerpts from some of the stories throughout this show. Um, so you need to decide is the the title, and of the book, Beth is going to help me out here. Beth, you say about the book. Bold moments, blinks, they're very exciting, but it's the long, slow burn of gazing and grazing, the stare that makes these sparkly, instantaneous decisions possible. If this were a more self-helpy book, I'd have a cute pull-out exercise called Think About Your Blinks. I'll go first. So how many decisions do you make each day? 10, 20, 50? How often do you think about the way each of those little and not so little decisions reverberate throughout your life and how often do you regret a choice you made and wish you could simply choose again hailed by the los angeles times as the godmother of alternative comedy wow that's a heavy title (laughs) beth (laughs) lapides creator of la's long-running uncabaret delivers a funny and heartfelt meditation on the power of decisions the place for regret and the space for grace in the recorded books, original, so you need to decide. This series of intimate conversations with a diverse group of comedians, writers, and cultural icons revolves around five universal experiences that I'd like to discuss with you today. Family, work, love, moving, and spirituality. The decisions that come through in each of these moments are not about the rigidity of control, it's about the fluidity of dancing with the chaos. Lapides invites us to join her and her friends in reflecting on how each decision changes us, altering our path and creating a wholly new journey. Featuring original interviews with Margaret Cho, Isaac Mizrahi, Bob Odenkirk, Phoebe Bridgers, Baron Vaughn, Aparna Nantrella, Meryl Marco, and Josh Gondelman, and with research assistance by Matthew Clickstein, So You Need to Decide ultimately challenges the listener to choose how they want to live, bigger or smaller, with artifice or authenticity. Would you rather plumb the depths or float near the surface? That's a decision only you can make. So again, guys, welcome to the show. And how did you, how did the two of you meet? That's my very first easy question. I was working on a show called 100% Happy 88% of the Time that had a little music in it. And um, we had a mutual friend, Clifford Bell, who one day said to me, um, Mitch, um, I met this performance artist, um, creator of Uncabaret. She's doing a one person show. I thought you two should meet. And I suggested to her that she should add some music to her show. And um, that's how we met. Larry. <laughs> Never did we part again. <laughs> and the rest is history. And you're making beautiful, history. beautiful stories and beautiful music together. Yes. Well, in the book, uh, you talk about, uh, you kind of explore five universal experiences that we all share. Uh, Beth, uh, your family, work, love, moving, spirituality. Um, how do you pull all these together with the stories, uh, uh, the, these incredible guests that you've got for the book that, that tell their story? You know, um, the way I pulled it, I mean, the way it happened was I just had very long conversations with each person. Mm-hmm. And then um, once we saw what we had, started to chunk it in and really started to see themes. And then it's really me guiding the listener through an experience of the love idea and then the same thing through family. So, you you know, we sit for a few hours in this one idea and it, it's like quilted together. I'm, I'm the... You could say I'm the cement in the brick wall, or you could say I, I'm the thread of the quilt. Um, and basically, they had two-hour conversations that they edited together and took the best chunks to m- the best material, the most meaningful things that they said are in the book. And then Beth comments on what their insight was regarding these subjects 
regarding decision making. And did you set out to to tackle these these topics, or did it come out naturally as the conversations? No, I had these topic, I had these topics in mind and and headed towards these. In fact, I had two additional topics that. Uh, I think it's very interesting. Didn't pan out. There was two topics that I, I thought friendship would be interesting. Mm-hmm. The idea around friendship and people really didn't want to share those decisions. I think it's really still very personal, and we're very tender about decisions around ending friendships and. Um, and so that I thought was interesting. And then people, I thought people would have a lot to say about deciding about buying things, you know, big ticket items. We spend so much time on that. People did not want to talk about that at all. And I thought that was so great. It made me so happy. It was like, you know what? We spent time on it, but we know it's not really important. And people, you know, so we really stuck to these five things that I knew from the experience of doing the shows for so many years and hosting radio and TV that, you know, these five topics are so rich. And I knew I had a lot to say about them. And I just knew from knowing these people that there would be very rich. I knew where the I knew where the gold was. You know, like I'd been down that mine before. Yeah. Well, and there is gold. It's a great, great uh, audiobook. You've, uh, I'm going to give you out all the information a couple times here, so that you can pick up a copy and or download a copy and listen. Um, I, I, if there's a word to define what we've all been through in the last few years, and a, a word that defines. Our daily lives right now, quite a bit. It's change, and change is a topic that you you both explore, you know, musically and through the comedy, through the storytelling um, at the uncabaret shows. You explore it quite a bit. And what is your personal feeling right now on the human experience uh, and our ability to accept change in our lives? What are wow, your, I, already, I, saw the, I saw the two-minute mark a minute ago. Now you're asking me the hardest question. I'm going to make it really simple. I, I always ignore this We wrote hours. a song about it called Change, and the lyric in the chorus is, Change makes us so unhappy because we've got to but change. we've got to change to be happy. To be happy, to be happy right. To be happy. Yeah, that really resonated it's with irony. me. irony. It's like we makes us, change makes us so unhappy, and we want to be happy, but we have to change to be happy. I, I would have chosen a whole different word. Uh, to describe the last couple of years, and that word, and okay. that word, and I have to back up to say it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but that experience, that emotion, is because we're having to change. Yeah, yeah, or evolve. We could say. Yeah. Careful who you say that to. And how easy? I mean, <laughs> it's easy to, to 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 sit back and comment on it. But how easy is it for both of you, Beth first, maybe, and then Mitch, and then uh, I know we've got one minute, but we'll go a little no, longer. How is it? I mean, how easy is it for you to to change and some of the? I, I mean, the only thing I was—it's hard. I'm not great at it, and I would say, you know, you—I'm going to say, you air quotes, teach or sing about or talk about the things that you know you're working on if you're conscious. And um, <laughs> at least I have—I have awareness. And sometimes if I'm going through the hard thing, Mitch might sing that song to me. You know, the we'll just say the first line of the song, like "Hello, honey." You know, change and just that one word. I'm like, yeah, I know, I don't want to. So you know, I'd say uh, it's a challenge, but at least I'm in the game. You have to have patience with yourself sometimes yeah and sometimes it's gradual that you get to a better place with change and um yeah that's what i would say we both are practicing that a lot yeah how to how to be patient we all are every day right and so when you bring it up though when you you know when someone such as yourselves where you've got this uh platform and you've got um a lot of great people that share their stories with uh, you do you learn from others as it helped, you know, to, to bring up a topic like this and then to explore it through music, through your art form, through comedy and through sharing other people's stories. Do you think as human beings that's, you know, we, we kind of crave that, right? Is that, yes, is that, that helpful? Oh, and the connection and watching people go through, you know, we Zoomed on Cabaret during the whole. The Their experiences. Yeah. yeah. Sharing it. Yeah. We all have common experiences. and. And so wherever the resistance might come up for somebody in parenting and it might come up with another person in work and it might come up, you know, comes up all different ways. But watching people resist and then surrender and try to control and accept, you know, all this whole layer of what it means to change, watching people tell stories about that and feeling that connection is so powerful. Beth, before we go to break here, tell for the listener, um, what, why, what's the best reason that they should buy a copy of your audiobook 
What, to read. What do you, well, what do you tell them? <laughs> I would say entertainment, but a lot of people have been telling me it's actually helping them make decisions. I mean, it's it is funny and it is entertaining, but it's a personal develop. It's been sold in personal development, and I'm getting insightful. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. yeah. I mean, I've gotten a lot of feedback from listeners that it's they're listening while they're trying to decide if they should break up with their boyfriend or you know. <laughs> Helping. I, I, I can't decide whether I should decide or not. I mean, it's my problem. <laughs> so if if you're thinking of breaking up with your boyfriend, this might be the audio, audio book for you. <laughs> now, you don't have to answer that. They need to buy a copy and find out That's if right. it is the, the book. There's some positive of decisions that we all make, too, that they talk about That's in the book. It. Oh, yeah. Besides breakups. Okay. okay. Beth Lapini said the new audio book is So You Need to Decide. You can order the book. You can rate the book. You can read some really great reviews on the book on Amazon. And you can also find out more on BethLapides.com, B-E-T-H-L-A-P-I-D-E-S.com. On social media, you can find her on Instagram at Beth underscore Lapides, on Twitter at Beth Lapides, on Facebook, Beth Lapides Official. And again, like I said, BethLapides.com. On Mitch Kaplan, you can find him on Instagram at the Real Mitchie. I like that. <laughs> R-E-A, real. You can spell real, I'm sure. And Mitchie, M-I-T-C-H-Y. On Facebook at Mitch Mitchell Kaplan. All right. And Uncabaret, you can find it on Instagram at Uncabaret. Twitter, the same. And Facebook on Facebook.com at Uncabaret. Sorry, you're... The same. It's, same. All, it's all the same. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back with more from Beth and Mitch. Thank you, Jeremiah. Hi, I'm Beth Lapidus of Uncabaret here warming up the beautiful stage at the theater at Ace Hotel. I'm just so excited to be able to take Uncabaret into this venue. We wanted to scale Uncabaret up for this big anniversary. And we immediately thought of the Ace because United Artists says everything about Uncabaret. We've come so far in 25 years. We're all in a story together right now. And that story is part of each of our individual stories. We're learning over and over again that the personal is the political. This is a comedy for people who are awake, who are comfortable with contradiction. Comedy for people who love stories. Great comedy basks in questions. Why am I so angry? Why do I feel this? Who are you? Who am I? Why are we here together? I wanted to make sure the 25th anniversary show included people from all of the different iterations that we've had. The lineup is incredible. The lineup includes Bob Odenkirk, Maria Bamford, Patton Oswald, Janine Groffalo, so many. I knew that we couldn't do Ace by ourselves. It was too ambitious and I thought of Christy immediately because I know her track record. I've seen her curtain speeches. I know her passions and we connected and we talked about the role of the artists now, what we are trying to accomplish, what CAP UCLA is trying to accomplish, what Uncabaret is trying to accomplish in terms of providing spaces, making spaces that artists can work from their heart, that artists can do the work that is really necessary to move the whole project forward. And really, you know, right now is a time when we need artist voices more than we've ever needed artist voices. Mr. Restaurant is a tasty new segment on The Jeremiah Show. Host Will Knox, renowned restaurant real estate specialist, serves up a fresh look at the restaurant business. On the menu, celebrity chefs, startups, operators, deal makers, designers, and those are just some of the appetizers. Look for all of Mr. Restaurant's shows. Tell your smart speaker to play The Jeremiah Show, Mr. Restaurant. Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Vulture says, Uncabaret has magical, life-giving mystery and is hilariously funny storytelling. Vanity Fair says, nothing's cooler, and the LA Weekly put them on the cover. Come see why. Friday, April 22nd, when Beth and Mitch... And their stellar guests, Dana Gould, Daniel Webb, D. Lowe, 
And Julia Rotzi shares stories, smarts, rants, and songs as they take a deep dive into this wild now. And why the un, always unhomophobic, unxenophobic, and unmisogynistic, and unhacky, uncabaret. The tickets can be found on Eventbrite. Search uncabaret live April twenty second. The thing that I, you know, the aspect of my personality or the aspect of my self-image that I identified with the most that I hold very dear was dead. You know, and stand-up is really how I got out of my hometown. It's, I mean, everything I have, yeah. I owe it. So I'm very beholden to it. But also, not just that you identify it as it, because I think a lot of people are things they identify with and then something changes, but it also is something that in live, you know, it lights you up. Yeah, it's, it it's, you the- it's the nuclear rod that powers all the other stuff. Yeah. We were at a at a party, and uh, I've been on this for a long time, six or, about six years at that point. You and Sue so were, were at a party. Yeah, Sue and my wife yeah. and I were at a party. Yeah. And somebody said, uh, are you Dana Gould? And I said, I used to be. Oh. And Sue on the way home said, you got you to gotta stop. You got to go. You're, you're killing it. And, uh, you know, I thought that when I did decide to leave, that they would be like, what are you crazy? You can't hear me out. We won't let you. And uh, and when I told my boss that I was leaving, I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, it was like I told him I found some batteries in an old drawer. Like, okay. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Hi, I'm Ariel Hemingway, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. On Cab was about being yourself, you know, and, and talking about what really happened to you or what you thought or felt. And I discovered that people like me better when I'm not myself. <laughs> Nothing tastes as good as feeling good feels. <laughs> Shut the f*** up, Maria. I'm not trying to get cut or fit. I just want to stop my chin from melting into my chest and forming a neck boob. That's really all I want to stop doing. Be the last man. Welcome back to The Jeremiah Show. We have two very special guests today in, uh, on Zoom with us, Beth Lapides and Mitch Kaplan. The new book by Beth Lapides is So You Need to Decide. I encourage everybody to, uh, it's an audio book. I encourage you to go to Amazon or BethLapides.com and download it right now. We'll wait. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's long enough. <laughs> That's long enough. Did you get it? It's a good, you're you're going to love it. So, so we were talking about change before the break. Um, and speaking of change, uh, you know, that we've all have been through so many changes. Uh, you, all of a sudden, on Cabaret had to, like, I don't want to use pivot, but it's overused. But, but you can't get you away bas- from it. You can't get away from it. You basically How took... about swivel? <laughs> I, a swivel. I like that, swivel. I love that. Swivel. Swivel. I like that, too. Let's, let's, let's put a trademark on that. So you had to, you basically had to swivel to keep on cabaret going you've quickly adapted and you were able to create a really great zoom version of the show called <laughs> you're so good with titles uncabazoom yeah oh, <laughs> such a great name uncabazoom yeah how did the show change for this medium and what did, what were some of the challenges well, in the it beginning was really natural actually um in some ways it changed it shifted towards the talk show version but i've hosted talk shows um and uncabaret itself is conversational so it was a very natural kind of evolution for us we did care a lot about the tech and making sure the music sounded good and so we there was some change in that the band couldn't play together so mitch and the band uh, do solos on the show 
rather oh, there than you go. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, and you open actually. I play one of those. You guys open and sing together, and yeah. you were playing on the piano, and yeah. I don't remember. Well, that we can do because we're in the same place. But Zoom can't use, so we're using a record. You know, we're recording. It's hard for musicians on different Zoom screens to perform at the same time mm -hmm. because yeah. 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 sync. Yeah. yeah. What are those challenges, yeah. Mitch? Explain that though for me, if you wouldn't mind. Um, if. For instance, if you were playing guitar and I'm playing piano and we played together right now, it wouldn't sync because of um, there's a little bit of a delay in the mm. signal. Yeah. And, and Zoom will cancel out. You know, Zoom only really will have one at a time and it's always picking which one and you're not picking. Right. So it's really one. With conversation, it's not. It's OK because we we overlap a little, but, you know, it feels natural. Right. So. You know, I was talking to uh, comedian Maz Jobrani, and he was talking, in the very beginning, he started doing live, sh you know, doing shows over Zoom, and they would pick, he was explaining kind of like you are about how the delay is and the laugh, and it just doesn't work as well for them and for him as the big audience. So he would pick like three people that would, that would laugh or clap to get, oh, that's smart. And, yeah. and then, yeah, to, yeah. but, but uh, well, on mic. But, Mitch is it for me, and then I'm it for, you know, I, I'm, I, my laugh has been part of On Cabaret from the beginning, so. It's an iconic laugh. So I'm there laughing, so everybody gets my laugh, you yeah. know, and so it feels like a talk show, and um, it, it's been pretty natural, yeah. I think. Yeah. It, and I think community, I wouldn't want to leave out the word community in this, which is kind of an overused word, but we've talked, you know, already today about connection and non-alienation and loneliness, and especially, we're still doing the Zooms once a month, mm -hmm. but during the worst of it, I'll say, or most intense part of it, better than worst, um, you know, people were real, we were doing it every other week, and people were using it like a lifeline, yeah. you know, we were also isolated and going through the same thing at the same time, so it was really great. That, that was an amazing part of it. And, and basically it came together because we had a live show schedule that all of a sudden was canceled um, at the beginning of our quarantines we all experienced during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then this was sort of a light bulb went off in our minds. It was like, let's do a Zoom let's show and get um, some of our family of friends and comedians to participate and be part of this. And um, We swiveled immediately. <laughs> <laughs> swiveled. Now, now, you've got some pretty big names. Mitch's birthday was March 10th, and we went away for one night, and but we got back, and we I think by March 20-something, we were already doing Zoom. Yeah, and you yeah. said two things I want to ask about that. You said it was a lifeline. So were you hearing from, because I think a lot of people just were, I mean, can you think back to those first days? And, uh -oh. and uh, there was just a lot of unknowns, right? And a lot of, you know, people that performed, people that were out of work. There were just a lot of unknowns. We didn't know where we were going. So, uh, this was a lifeline. So you offered them yeah. hope. You offered them comedy, a la you know, laughter to get outside of their, their mind and their, their reality for a little bit. What were you hearing from, from your fans? Just, they were just saying thank you. I mean, thank you for giving us this. You know, and they became very supportive and loyal, our audience, through these Zoom shows. And um, they would keep coming back every week that we did it. And um, there was a, a huge amount of energy and support for the comedians and the performers that participated. And it was, so yeah, and it was, it was wonderful. And it, was it, really great. You know, it was expansive, too, because we were finally able to, you know, we consider ourselves a national, international show, but we're mostly in Los Angeles. People. Mm -hmm. But we were able to really have people coming from Germany, you know, from London, a lot of New Yorkers, New York performers were able to join with San Francisco, Chicago, you know, we really did become a more um, eclectic geographical situation. Yeah, which was great. And you described the feeling with Uncabaret uh, when it convenes or reconvenes the, for a new show that it's hopeful, that it feels hopeful. Yes. That there's this feeling of hope. Can you explain yeah. what you feel about that? How you feel when the show uh, reconvenes? It's hope. You know, it's funny. I I would say I'm a recovering hope. Hope. I mean, you know, I had lost hope. Maybe you know at a certain point, and I even thought there's a phrase in Hollywood that's like, "It's the hope that'll kill you." Everybody <laughs> <laughs> the hope that will kill you. That you is know, a good Hollywood saying. It's not. It's actually not. <laughs> and, um, and there's a longer story about the the hope thing, but we could get into later. But um, I think just the fact that it, we're so sort of uh, in the now and staying, 
Hopeful is different than optimistic. In optimism, you keep pretend it's all going to work out. Well, in hope has a feeling of um, evolvement and presence, and it's more about a feeling about the now, that you're able to be in the now together is a hopeful thing. And it's not as much about the future. But the fact that we keep going, I think, is a hopeful thing for people because we're a little bit underdogs, you know, though we've been running a long time. It's it's definitely, you know, it's it's a little bit of a, it's hopeful that it exists in a certain way. And storytelling is a hopeful thing. The honesty, people bringing their heart. It is. To, you know, and that kind of vulnerability is a hope, hopeful feeling. That's the thing I keep hearing about the book. People were so vulnerable. It was really helpful how vulnerable people were in it. Uh, that, yeah. I love, I because love you hearing. can relate. You can really relate and with, with compassion, with a human experience. And I love that word, compassion. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you love all of these, the hope, the compassion, the, that you bring that to comedy, that you kind of, the un of yeah. everything, right? You, you, I'm gonna, I'm, you wrote something, or someone wrote something in your camp and your team that is so beautiful that I want to read when we get back, come back from the break. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break. We're talking with Beth Lapides and Mitch Kaplan. They're our special guests today. Uh, Beth has a new audio book. It's So You Need to Decide. You can order it on Amazon or through her website, BethLapides.com. On social media, you can find them, Beth, at uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you type in Beth Lapides, it's going to pop up. So I, there, there are various little... Uh, little details about those 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 handles, but you can find her Beth Lapides official on Facebook and BethLapides.com. You can find all of it there. Just go there and, and the easy links. Mitch Kaplan on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, it's the real Mitchie, and on Facebook, it's Mitch Mitchell Kaplan. Excuse me, Mitchell Kaplan. Uncabaret is on Instagram and Twitter at Uncabaret. We'll be right back. Now, people expect the different things out of me. I've always been a little offbeat. She is a comedian and the creator and host of LA's mother show of alternative comedy, Uncabaret, Beth Lapidus. Beth Lapidus! Beth Lapidus! I used to try to be fine. I was just fine. I come from finers and, you know, we're fine! Fine, fine! We're fine! And you could only tell how bad things were by the octave of the fine. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, fine is a contraction of the word hotline. Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio. The Jeremiah Show airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. CoreRadio.rocks. Hey there, I'm Caleb. I'm Becca. And I'm Joshua. And we, we are Girl, Girl Named Tom. Tom. Go to GirlNamedTom.com to hear more of our music, buy merchandise, and learn about our story. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Beth Lapides has a new audio book, so you need to decide. You can order the book, rate it, or review it on Amazon. More about the book and about Uncabaret at BethLapides.com. B-E-T-H-L-A-P-I-D-E-S.com. Margaret Cho had a whole other take on deciding to move. To use another horrible word. Journey and blessing, then we can really move forward. But, um... Drinking and drugs and the decisions to stay sober. Anything to say about that? Well, I have done so many drugs that I feel like I'm high all the time anyway. Like I just, it's that sort of the Salvador Dali thing. Like I am drugs. I really do think that I am kind of drugs. Like the way that I approach life and the way that I think is kind of like on a druggy trip because I've been sort of permanently altered by having so many chemicals that I'm really kind of high forever. So it's actually way better. <laughs> That's or do you think of yourself maybe as a drug for other people now? Like you maybe and other people can get high off of you. I hope so. That would be good. I hope I, so. Yes. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. 
You've been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Christian. We're L1011. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. The Jeremiah Show. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. My special guests this hour are Beth Lapides and Mitch Kaplan. The uh, new audio book is out. It's So You Need to Decide by Beth Lapides. There's some great people on that audio book. Uh, I'll, I'll let you mention them in a moment here. Um, go to BethLapides.com to catch up on everything that's happening in her life and on uh, social media for Mitch Kaplan at uh, Facebook, Mitchell Kaplan. And uh, on Instagram at the Real Mitchy, uh, you guys got a big show tomorrow on Cabaret, Friday the twenty second. Uh, we talked about hope, you know that that the stories offer that on Cabaret offers the comedians, the the, the talented artist roster that join you in. And then Cabaret um, is revolving at different times, right? It's it's not always the same. Oh yeah. Who do you got to, tomorrow? Some. You want to name drop a little uh, bit? Uh, we have Dana Gould, who is a original on Cabaret person and been with us the whole time. Just very funny, a, incredible performer, great writer. And it's always a great lineup. Let's just say that. There's just a great lineup. A great lineup. So go see it, right? How can they see it? They can uh, go to uncabaret.com and get a ticket. They can come to El Cid. At Eventbrite, uh, right? Eventbrite? Yeah. Eventbrite, they find on Cabaret on Eventbrite, uh, and we have links on all our social media. And um, it's at El Cid, doors at six, show at seven. Home El Cid and Silver Lake. Home by ten. <laughs> Home by ten. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh man, we all love to go to get home early these days, right? I want to read this. This is—I don't know who wrote this, but I just really loved it, and I want to share it with the audience. So this is about on Cabaret, uh, and. I'm going to start here. We commit to the courage of making the uncomfortable funny. We love our adventurous audience. We intend to uplift. We look for people who make the most beautiful mistakes, original thinkers and open-hearted lovers, those who are self-knowing without being self-obsessed, and of course, who love to laugh. We enter into partnerships and community. We seek to be a full chakra experience. We have an attention span. We understand silence. We try to respect our own history while staying in the now. We have a sense of urgency. How do you do this? How do you do all that in today's sensitive culture? Mm. Mm hmm. I don't know. I have to say I didn't write that, and I have to say I it's good. You did? <laughs> I, that's all true. That's so true. You wrote that? I wrote that. I had a feeling you did. If it sounds like you, but yeah, it, you know, it's we beautiful. Do it. We really do it one, I mean. We try to keep people talking about the now, what's happening now in their lives, being honest. And, you know, often you'll see a performer walk on stage, and you'll experience with them while they're having a cathartic experience during their performance and they'll be working out whatever is going on in their lives during their set and that's one of the most exciting sets and then they have this incredible sense of humor at the same time so it's a bit of a thrill of a ride you never quite know where it's going and often the performers they don't know where they're going also while they're telling this story of what's happening in their lives. You know, I have a second mic in the room and I will ask performers questions. I try to do it very lightly, but it does give people a little safety net to know if they're stuck. I mm -hmm. will be able to. And that is one of the ways people are allowed to do new material and new material is so exciting to me. I love what you, how you said that, Mitch, too, that, that it's a they, they go through a cathartic experience sometimes as they're 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 sharing it's real it's real they're and sharing it's, it's so intimate their inner feelings and um and it can't be recreated probably i mean i'm sure it, it is but when you're no. there it's almost like yeah. you don't want to miss one of these because you when you're there you're going to get something unique from one of your favorite artists um, you really can't you really can't recreate exactly. it it's funny julia sweeney has done the show so much and she developed her broadway show god said ha there and it was that show which is also on film 
she built from on camp sets, but she always said it was never as good as it was at on cabaret, even though I built it from on cabaret sets because mm. you saw it be created in the moment, right? That kind of catharsis. The audience is part of it, you know. Mm. Well, one of my questions for you was, you know, what is the landscape for a comedian today? Because it seems like there's landmines everywhere, but I think the way that you the, what I just read that you wrote, the way that you two approach your your craft and your art form um, kind of answers that question for you well, I mean it doesn't answer for everybody but it, for you you come with great intention and you come with great uh, I don't know goals almost or, or morale or what you're trying to achieve and everyone brings that and in and, uh, and a way you're you're safe you know because you're it's it's a community and yeah. it's it's real it's about making a space where the performers feel supported and safe to go out on a limb with a new story that they've never talked about on stage before and explore it in front of a live audience, which is a thrill for them. Risk-taking. I mean, it's just exciting. We all have to take so many risks in our lives. So to be in, in the audience, to watching other people take risks, it's encouraging. You know, I, I, to that point, I'm thinking you could tell a joke about, let's say, the Big Bang. You could tell a joke about the dinosaurs. You could tell a joke about, let's say, Jesus of Nazareth or, um, uh, uh, let's say, the Middle Ages or the Renaissance or Lincoln's death. Or you could talk about the, uh, the Wright brothers, the Holocaust. <laughs> Uh, the Vietnam War and you could always follow that whatever that joke is no matter how far back you go you go too soon because you don't know who's going to be offended sure still funny Richard still funny <laughs> okay we got to take that one last quick last break and then we'll come back and wrap it up uh, again my very special guests uh, today on the show Beth Lapides and Mitch Kaplan Beth's new book is So You Need to Decide. You can get it on Amazon or from her website, BethLapides.com, and you can find all her social media handles there. Mitch Kaplan, you got to be a little more clever. You got to type in um, The Real Mitchie on Instagram. And Mitchell Kaplan on Facebook. We'll be right back. Check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi there, everybody. This is Ann Hitch. Hey, everybody. I'm Art Alex Hux from the band Everclear. My name's Danny Dreho. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Jeremiah, you're loved, Holmes. you need help with your restaurant or hospitality business, see how we can help your business at hjlrestaurantadvisors.com. Vulture says, Uncabaret has magical, life-giving mystery and is hilariously funny storytelling. Vanity Fair says, nothing's cooler, and LA Weekly put them on the cover. Come see why. Friday, April 22nd, when Beth and Mitch and their stellar guests, Dana Gould, Daniel Webb, D. Lowe, and Julia Rotzi shares stories, smarts, rants, and songs as they take a deep dive into this wild now. And why the un, always unhomophobic, unxenophobic, and unmisogynistic, and unhacky, uncabaret. The tickets can be found on Eventbrite. Search uncabaret live April twenty second. I was at SNL for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. Not that long. When you look at how people spend time there, I struggled mightily to feel good there, to have fun there, to be effective there. I guess you could say I was obviously somewhat helpful because they probably wouldn't have kept me if I wasn't. Yeah. Um, but it was really uh, difficult for me, and I did not have a good time, and I didn't feel great at all, not even close to great about my contribution. However, in the last final year, it became apparent to me that I was getting better at it and that I was helping in ways that mattered. Um, I had kind of, my brain was kind of 
over time had gotten wired so that I could um, construct a scene that would play well for the show. I wasn't great at it, but I was getting good at it. And so Chris Rock and Sandler, who were new that final year I was there, would come to me and, and I would help them write their scenes. And, and they were good. They worked for the show. Honestly, I was happy to feel like, oh, look, look what I can do now. I can turn somebody else's uh, inspiration into something worthwhile for this show that's been paying me. And it felt okay, but never great. And I knew that I liked performing a lot. Not like, you know, some people where I had to be the main performer. I still write a lot of stuff for other people. And I love doing that. But I wanted the option of performing. And I knew that it would never happen at SNL. Um, it was a different time in every way. And now you see writers become featured players. Back then, that didn't really happen. And also, I wasn't ready for it. I mean, if Lauren had said to me, do you want to be a featured player? I would have said, no, I'm not ready. I didn't have the confidence you need to get up in front of the cameras there. And uh, so I knew I needed to develop. And I knew I wanted the option of performing. And it wasn't going to happen there. So it was a tough call because you get paid pretty goddamn well there. Were you scared? I mean, that decision, I mean, I love talking about the writer-performer and, in a sense, to be geeky about it, like honoring the performer and just knowing that you needed to do that and having the courage to leave a situation which was, you know, secure and stable-ish in show business. You know, it was, a, it was definitely a solid thing to leave because you knew that you... To fully be you. I mean, it was like, I'm not fully myself. I want to be fully myself and I can't do that here. And that's a, like an amazing thing to do for yourself. Hey, this is Jeff Stunk Baxter. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected. You won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. back to the Jeremiah show. This is a shorty, as you say, right? Dr. D, I got to kind of wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the music again, uh, Mitch, throughout the, that we played throughout the show, I just wanted to tell you how much we've, we've enjoyed it. Oh, Richard fabulous I, for stuff. Sure. Yeah. Uh, just such beautiful, saying. beautiful piano. Where uh, could they find, send someone that's maybe just being introduced to you to more of your music. Where could we find it? Um, we didn't quite hear your question. It dropped out. Oh, uh, I was just saying that the music was so inspirational and so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and where, if someone just discovered you today on the show, yeah. where could they find more music? Um, well, first of all, the beautiful solo piano music is in, so you need to decide. Those are chapter, those are the interstitial. <laughs> I've decided yes. Does that help? Yeah, you can get Jeff's book and you'll get the music. That's too. one place. You can hear the change song, which I don't know if you played, uh, add on cabaret. It I thought I, I thought I plugged your book enough, but apparently I plugged it one. Oh, you did. <laughs> You're amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> Beth, Beth, Beth needed to plug it one more time. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, well, that's, that's in production right now yeah. um, I worked on an original musical Ola Moore which will be coming out probably sometime the end of next year it's a, a, a musical based on the music of Erasure mm-hmm. famous English pop band um, and I've done a lot of work with Sandra Bernhard in terms of um, she has a couple CDs that are out on Apple Music etc Spotify you're going to be on the road with her this year yeah I'm going to be on the road with her yeah. so we, we got to have you back to promote that yeah. um, Mitch I, I would love that I would love to be back and talk more about music with you guys that'd be awesome we'd love that and I promise I'll bring my charger for my computer next time um, <laughs> you're off <laughs> so we can get started right on time I wanted to point out this isn't something that, uh, that you guys sent me or anything but I did find uh, music for autism.org i love that you're a part of that um and maybe we can when we have you come back oh absolutely uh, music for autism i think that's so um special so important uh, i gotta ask this last question because i've always thought of comedians this will be my final question then we'll say goodbye and let you go you're so busy getting ready for your show tomorrow night friday april 22nd uh, on cabaret uh, so does it bother when an interviewer you know you guys are serious about your craft right a comedian as a comedian, you're serious about the comedy. Your um, intention is to make people laugh and to make people forget and have some fun and, and maybe 
consider something from a different perspective that they hadn't already had ingrained in them. And um, so when you're talking about your craft to an interviewer, does it, if the interview doesn't take it seriously, if they try to joke, if they're too jokey with you, does that, does that offend you as a, because you do take your craft seriously as a performer, as a comedian, does that ever bother you? I've always wondered, you know, how do you approach a comedian? Because you, you, you want to just joke with them, but it's a lovely job. I, I, I wouldn't be, you know. Oh, I wasn't searching for a compliment, but thank. I'll take. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I, I think. I think we both have been fortunate that, I, in my experience of doing interviews, people have been really respectful and really nice and interested. And I think Beth has had, generally speaking, really great experiences great. with yeah. interviewers. And um, it's a long. Approaching I love comedy. talking to people, and most people who are interested are are interested on a really, you know, truly mm -hmm. curious level. And I'm always happy to answer. So we've questions. been blessed. Yeah, you both are very interesting. I would love to continue the conversation many, many, uh, many shows from now. Hopefully, we can do that. Congratulations on the show. Yeah. Do me a Thank favor you. and tell us again about the show tomorrow night and where people can find you. Mitch, why don't you do that? Um, we're performing Uncabaret live at El Cid. In Silver Lake, yep. that's in Los Angeles. The show starts at seven. Doors at six. Uh, we have such great performers as Jaina Gould, Julia Rossi. We have Jordan Black. We have Delo. Um, I think that's one. a live band, mm -hmm. and Mitch it's going to be a fantastic band. show. We hope you can join us tomorrow night. And uh, of course, we'll be there. And you can get tickets at Eventbrite. I've given out the information throughout the show at the commercial break. So. Uh, and I'll put it up in all the posts as well, so you can find out right. how to get those tickets. Now, I just have one question. I it's a deep question. It's deep and it's thoughtful. What's in your refrigerator right now? <laughs> no, forget that. Don't. <laughs> Jeremiah, please take us out. Okay. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah. Shane, yeah. Makes us so unhappy. But we've got to change to be happy. We cling, cause we cling We wanna say yes But we keep saying no Here's a thing, here's a thing We hold on tight When we are let go and you are listening to the Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to Dr. D for making our voices come alive on the airwaves and to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Be sure to check out our very own Richard Dugan, a.k.a. Dr. D, Peabody Award-nominated radio show. Tell me your story every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. 
Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at Jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound and engineer producer Richard Dr. D. Dugan and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. I'm up putting my guns in the ground I can't shoot them anymore That cold black cloud is coming down This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, The Jeremiah Show. I love you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.